Hello, this is Hugo Prévost, and you are listening to SVGA, a PC retro gaming podcast. Glad to be back with a new episode. This is number 17, by the way. And I'm even excited, I would say, to be able to talk about one of my favorite games and probably what I consider as one of the best strategy games of all time. Of course, if you have read the title of this episode, you already know the name of the game I will be talking about. Uh, developed by Wargaming Seattle and published in 2007 by THQ and Square Enix, Supreme Commander Forged Alliance is many things. A fantastic game, an unoptimized game, but mostly a game where you could be a general or a commander and build incredible armies before using them to destroy your enemies in a sea of nuclear fire. Let's start at the beginning. In 1997, Cave Dog Entertainment shook the world of the real-time strategy games by launching Total Annihilation, a title where you could have hundreds of units on the map at the same time and send units, be it on land, on water, or in the air, were able to shoot and fight and explode in gigantic engagements, even with debris you could use afterwards to get back some of the metal you extracted from the ground in order to feed your war industry. We already did an episode of Total Annihilation, Robert and I, in, wow, November 2020. Almost two years ago. I think it was at the time where you could still hear some construction noises when I was recording in my old apartment. That's really not something I'm missing. Anyway, so, um, Total Annihilation came out in 1997. The game was a big success. Two expansions came out for it, but only one year later, a certain game developed by Blizzard Entertainment came out. A game called StarCraft. And I know that some purists will say that these two games each have their own subgenre and so on and so on. But for the general public, a real-time strategy game is a real-time strategy game. And between a game with great mechanics but no real story, especially no likable characters, and a game where everything is really, really well done, well, you go with the latter. So... Total Annihilation came and went, and a few years later, we got the glimpse of a brand new game, Supreme Commander. That game was going to be a beast. So much so, in fact, that when I tried to install it on my computer at the time, my very first own machine, but with a loan from my father and repaid with my salary from my job as a cashier in a grocery store, the installer gave me the equivalent of the phrase, yeah, tough luck, buddy and simply refused to proceed. So it took me a few years before I was able to finally play Supreme Commander, but what a game it was. Hundreds of units from three different factions battling on maps that could be as big as 80 by 80 kilometers. 80 by 80 with 8 players at a time. Planes, tanks, warships, giant battle robots, nuclear missiles, experimental units. Yes, it was basically the same principle of Total Annihilation, but it was on a much, much grander scale. There was also more units, more technology levels, and simplified interface, and for the first time, a story. So as I said, three human factions, basically a more human-like one, a robotic one, and an alien-like one, there we go, fight amongst the stars for the control of human space. Ultimately, the game ends with any of the three factions activating a sort of doomsday weapon called the Black Sun, which has a different effect depending on the faction that activates it. 
Without fail, however, the Black Sun also creates an opening between our dimension and another one where a powerful enemy lies in waiting. And that brings us to Forge Alliance. That game was something that we don't really see today. Today you will have a DLC that will be added to the existing game or remake or remastered edition or something else that would be similar. In 2007, you still had, albeit rarely, rarely, some autonomous expansions. And this is exactly what Forge Alliance was. It came out a few months only after the original game, but you could and should play it alone. Not that Supreme Commander is a bad game per se, but maybe because all the changes included in this new game, so to speak, are so important that you don't really need or should need the first Supreme Commander to feel at home in this new one. Okay, I need to I need to backtrack a bit because otherwise I'll dive headfirst into Forge Alliance, how great it is, and you don't want that, I'm sure. So let's do this step by step. What do you say? There are, I would say, two main differences between Total Annihilation and the Supreme Commander series. Albeit Supreme Commander 2 changing things around again, and there's Planetary Annihilation. Oh, it's complicated, okay? <laughs> so, two main differences between Total Annihilation, Supreme Commander, and Forge Alliance. There. Two main differences, as I said. The first one is about resources. You still extract, extract only two of them, mass and energy. It was metal and energy in Total Nation, but it could be called gummy bears, and you could have gummy bears deposits and gummy bears mines. It's the same thing. The difference this time is that you have the capacity to go into the negative and still produce units and buildings and upgrade sale buildings. Well, that aspect of the game is a bit tricky. You could technically still produce and construct even if your resources were in the red in Total Annihilation, but that was very limited. Basically, if you were in the red in TA, you were in trouble. You can still be in trouble with Supreme Commander and Forge Alliance, but you can also assign as many construction units as you want to, to a building producing units or to another construction unit or your commander. And, if, and if, even if all the production power depletes your mass and or energy reserves, you can still produce, produce or construct or upgrade something. Of course, if you are if you are at minus a thousand mass per second, as an example, you won't get anywhere. But the overall resource system is a bit more lenient in that sense, as if getting to zero isn't the end of the road. The other main difference is time. Yes, missions in total annihilation could be long, and constructing advanced building has always been longer than building a simple factory, for example, or a railroad tower. But in Supreme Commander, and even more so in Forged Alliance, you are supposed to use that trick of assigning many construction units to the same project. Otherwise, the most advanced buildings and experimental units will take you over an in-game hour to build. That sense of scale is also perceivable in the duration of the missions and the skirmishes. Yes, you can of course try to rush your enemy and to send a bunch of low-level bombers, for example, to take out the enemy commander before you can construct any air defenses. But unless you play against a great human player or against a cheating AI or a scripted mission, of course, you will have time to build something resembling a base with some rudimentary defenses that should hold up until the other player reaches at least the second technology level. 
And so you can end up with up to a thousand units and buildings for each player and for up to eight players, all fighting and shooting and exploding and constructing and moving all at once. So then, what is Forge Alliance and what is it better than Supreme Commander? Well, because it's mostly a better and bigger Supreme Commander. It's that simple. In a few months, the developers redesigned the UI, getting rid of all the blocky interface that was at time limiting the play area if you went to about, if you will, to about off the screen. They also redesigned some units, added some more, including some huge experimental units, and expanded the map roster for skirmishes and multiplayer games. You also get a brand new eight missions campaign. Now, a great total of eight missions could be perceived as something of a letdown, especially since Forge Alliance does not contain the three campaigns from Supreme Commander. For that, you need Forge Alliance Forever, which is another kind of worms and will be discussed later in this episode. So yeah, eight missions. Well, but first of all, the developers did something quite interesting. Because in Forge Alliance, the human space has been invaded by the Seraphim. That's the alien race that want to destroy everything in its path. That's the alien race that came out of the dimensional rift from the end of the first game and blah, blah, blah. And they are kicking humanity's ass. They are so tough, in fact, that in only two years after the start of the invasion, the human race is on the brink of extinction. And even if the three factions from Supreme Commander have joined the same alliance, ends the term Forge Alliance. Uh, mind blown, I know. The, the, the stupid thing is I've been playing this game for at least 10 years now and I've just realized why is what it was called this way. Robert will laugh at me, but he's not here, so the shaming will come later. But what is so interesting about all this, after all, it's pretty much um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend stuff here. Well... The interesting thing is that each mission will be playable from any of the three human factions. But there's a catch. Each time, the setup, so the base and units you have at the beginning, will vary from faction to faction, and will be the same with the reactions from the characters from the game. In the very first mission, if you place the UEF, the more human faction, for example, you'll be greeted almost gleefully by another UEF commander. The same, that same commander will almost sound menacing if you play another faction. Who knew that there were still some tensions between the three groups? Who knew that space racism still existed? Who knew that space racism is just some racism with robots and explosions? Who knew? So, <laughs> selecting a faction or another in that Forge Alliance campaign will, well, ultimately not change the objectives nor, nor the difficulty. But I think it's a nice, I think it's a nice touch. Now, the, the missions in themselves are pretty standard. Build or repair a base, fight off some enemies, protect or destroy an objective. The only thing is, those missions will probably last at least an hour each, if not three. Why? Well, because it's a galactic-scale war, for starters. How can you feel that you're really fighting for humanity's survival across entire star systems if a battle lasts for 15 minutes only? And yes, there is probably the fact that if you are to publish a standalone expansion for a successful game, you need to up the ante, so to speak, hence the extremely long and sometimes quite complex missions. 
One other interesting thing about that campaign is that there are no more levels where the objective is is to give you the opportunity to familiarize yourself with new units or concepts. No, there is no time for that. And since Forge Alliance is supposed to be an expansion, the developers believe that you already played Supreme Commander, that you not only know your way around, but that you also know how to build an economy, upgrade your mines and factories, and construct what will be with the, what will essentially be an efficient army. Indeed, in the very first level, you start in a base where there are some of the most useful, efficient, and powerful buildings in the entire game. But there is also a situation where you will not be attacked. I mean, really attacked until you move forward. So there is no tutorial, but there is a kind of tutorial, a tutorial that lets you do pretty much whatever you want. And I really mean whatever you want. You absolutely can spend an hour and even more to build up your base and prepare for the rest of the mission by constructing, well, I don't know, some gigantic experimental gunships or an army of 200 battle robots. Or you can simply, well, if someone can call this simple, uh, deploy a dozen nuclear missile launchers or so and just try to nuke the enemy into oblivion. Although, well, the AI usually hasn't Time Missile's launcher as well. So nukes are quite useful in a way that it destroys everything in an instant at a certain blast radius. But ironically, you are probably better off with some powerful artillery guns. But in order to build those guns, it takes a lot of time and resources. And that means building more mines, more energy reactors, more defensive structures, because your base is expanding and it needs to be protected. Well, you know where I'm going with this. Although Forge Alliance is indeed a game where excess is encouraged, contrary, say, to StarCraft, where the balance is really more perceivable in that sense that it is usually quite difficult to just build a, a dozen battle cruisers and wipe out the other players or the AI, you still need some sort of balance, some sort of equilibrium if you want the game to be playable and enjoyable. On the other end of the spectrum, however, I do remember completing the very last mission of the Forge Alliance campaign, where you need to destroy the two pillars of a gigantic portal. Said portal could be directly opened between our dimension and the one where the Seraphim come from, and give them the opportunity to just direct a constant flow of units, essentially dooming humanity. So, in order to do that, uh, whilst on a timer, so to speak, you could construct a huge army and battle your way down the map, or try to be lucky with a nuclear missile strike or a strategic bomber wave, or you could play like me and build a strong defensive base and then construct a row of huge cannons and destroy the pillars from afar. It's a bit anticlimactic, but hey, it works. So, of course, it can be a bit boring just staying in your base, building defensive structures, and then attack after an hour because your gigantic cannon is ready to go. And that's why there are options, luckily. You can always transform Forge Alliance into a battle of movement or try to rush the development of a specific and powerful unit, then go for a possible suicide mission in order to take out the enemy commander. The the possibilities are numerous, and uh, that is certainly one of the best aspects of the game. However, for all its perks, uh, Forge Alliance also has problems. 
First of all, it came out in 2007. And 2007, you could have the best computer money could buy. That game will still be unoptimized. And it came out the same year of Crisis, I think, if you remember. And you know what they say about Crisis. So, <laughs> 15 years later, is Forge Alliance running more smoothly? Well, yes and no. Yes, a modern enough computer should be largely sufficient to play a game with hundreds or even thousands of units on the screen. However, if you go on the heavier side of things with thousands of units at one time, as I said, even so, if you modify the game to bypass the unit limit, there will be some slowdowns. And you could always try to boost the game speed by mashing the plus key on your keyboard. This won't do anything to help. It is also a game that can be, well, ironically enough, limited in its scope. I say that in the sense that usually when you find a good tactic, you will keep using that same way of doing things until it doesn't work anymore. But that can all change when you play against people over the internet. If you can make it work, that is. Because since it's a game from 2007, the old system to play against other humans has been shut down for a while now. I think they patched it and that you can now play directly over Steam. But I'm not sure. And I have no idea how it works if you buy the game from GOG, for example. That being said, and that's something I talked about in the beginning of the episode, there is something called Forged Alliance Forever. It is completely free, and it is part, it is part community, part mod repository, part multiplayer lobby, part almost anything, everything, in fact. There aren't that many players on that service, but you can usually find dozens or even hundreds of people at the same time. And that service is quite good. You can find new maps, even whole new campaigns. You can find a brand new AI model, new units. You can play the entire Supreme Commander and Forged Alliance campaigns in co-op mode or even in solo if you play co-op, so to speak, but alone. The sky is the limit. Truly, the only problems of Forged Alliance are problems that are linked to the year it came out. I mean, games for Windows Live were still a thing, for God's sake. <laughs> If you can get past the slowdowns, if you can get past the grind, if you are one of the strategy games players that like to take its time, then you are in for a treat. Even better, that game can usually be bought with Supreme Commander for less than $5. Now, about Supreme Commander 2 and Planet Annihilation. Oh boy. Um, I'm afraid that it's quite out of, our out of our scope here, but maybe one day we will dive right into the nest of controversies and letdowns. In the meantime, my name is Hugo Brevo. Thank you very much for being here with me today for that new episode of SVGA. You can catch up on previous episodes on pieuvre.ca. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on our hosting service, Balado Québec. You can also follow us on social media. We are SVGA Podcast, in one word, on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time.